Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Now, from our nation's capital, this is Bloomberg Sound On. For everything, there is a season. I will not seek re-election to Democratic leadership in the next Congress. We will be in the majority, and Nancy Pelosi will be in the minority. Nancy Pelosi has been fired, isn't it? Bloomberg Sound On. Politics, policy, and perspective. From D.C.'s top names. Hey, Arizona, Carrie Lake here. I wanted to reach out to you to let you know that I am still in this fight with you. You are the cancer that is tearing this nation apart. Good day. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi gives up the gavel. Welcome to the fastest hour in politics on a big day in Washington as the first woman to be speaker announces her decision on the House floor. After Republicans clinch control of the House, we'll discuss the legacy and the future with Congresswoman Sherry Bustos, who is on the floor today with Pelosi. And with a Democratic Senate still intact, we'll talk with Jim Kessler of Third Way, former policy director for Senator Chuck Schumer. Former Congressman Joe Crowley joins us as well as the leadership rebuilds in the future. And as a group of House Republicans move to stop U.S. funding for Ukraine, We'll run all these stories by our signature panel with Bloomberg Politics contributors Jeannie Shanzano and Rick Davis. They're here for the hour. The end of an era here in Washington, or as Speaker Nancy Pelosi said today on the House floor, for everything, there is a season. This I will continue to do as a member of the House, speaking for the people of San Francisco, serving the great state of California, and defending our Constitution. And with great confidence in our caucus, I will not seek re-election to Democratic leadership in the next Congress. Yeah, ending an historic run as Democratic leader for the better part of two decades, including the first woman to be elected speaker. And we're going to bring you perspective from a range of voices over the course of the hour, beginning with Congresswoman Sherry Bustos, Democrat from Illinois, with us now. Congresswoman, welcome back to Sound On. Thanks for having me. I saw you on the floor of the House embracing Nancy Pelosi immediately after her announcement. What did she tell you? Well, look, she was, uh, everybody was in line to, to give her a quick hug and uh, tell her thank you for her many, many years of service. I, I told her, it was actually a very personal moment, even though there were people all around. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I told her a line that my father always said to me at the end of many of our phone calls, which was, I love you, I respect you, and you've helped the helpless. And, um, you know, I have a beautiful relationship with her. I, I led the political arm of House Democrats for the previous 
uh, two years before this cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and as part of that, every every time we flew back to Washington, I met with her one-on-one for a half an hour uh, for two straight years. And um, so we're uh, I just have a great amount of respect for how uh, great she has been to this nation. And uh, so, yeah, so that was our conversation. Well, I appreciate your sharing that. I know it's a personal moment. Did you expect the announcement today? It was certainly buttoned up right until she walked out. You know, I, I my guess, and I I, I can't uh, verify this because only uh, Nancy Pelosi could, but my guess is only her immediate family knew uh, maybe uh, before this, and then probably her staff just before the announcement. But she is a uh, she's a steel trap, as as they say, as far as <laughs> if you tell her something in confidence, she's not going to repeat it, and. She is not one who would go around sharing what her uh, what she was going to do as a next step in her career. Yeah. Will it be strange to serve with a congresswoman, Nancy Pelosi? I, I, I guess you still call her speaker, right? Well, I, I mean, I think she's forever the speaker. Yeah. You know, so, and, and you think about the historic nature of her, the first and only woman ever to hold that position. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I think about her, she's not only the the strongest woman I've ever known. She's the strongest person I've ever known. You, you think about all she's had coming at her for, for not just, you know, a few months or even a few years, but for decades now. She's been in a leadership position for two decades. Yeah. And um, she, on, on the uh, folks on the other side of the aisle, uh, love to hate her. And uh, so it, uh, she's probably the most recognizable uh, Democrat <laughs> outside of Joe Biden because she's been on attack ads for, for many, many years to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, you know, the, uh, the Republicans like to tie every Democrat in a tough district to yeah. Nancy Pelosi. That was their big attack. Well, I wonder what you and, think of that. I mean, she's a pioneer in politics, a pioneer in Washington, a hero of yours, clearly, and, and of Democrats, but seen as very divisive by Republicans. Why has she been so controversial with the right? Well, as I said, they've loved to hate her. She's uh First of all, she's a female, the only, uh, the, the first and only, as I said, first and only uh, woman speaker of the House in the history of our uh, our nation. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously well over 200 years of our of our nation. And uh, she has just been a target. She's from San Francisco, which if you're from the center part of the country where we're perhaps a little more moderate and a little more reserved, um, <laughs> they like to call her a San Francisco San Francisco liberal. Right. You know, they had all these little sure. names for her and uh, just really did their best to vilify her. She knew um, how to give you, it back, have, too, though. I'll never forget her tearing up that speech after Donald Trump delivered his oh, State yeah. of the Union. You know, she's iconic in so many ways. You know, you think about her wearing that uh, burnt orange coat when she came out of a, uh, the meeting with Donald Trump after he was uh, the president. She's the only woman in the room. And mm-hmm. uh, she can hold her own in any situation. And I do mean in any situation. I, I remember when I invited her to uh, Illinois um, and it was when we were uh, negotiating the uh, the redoing of our trade agreement, and what ended up being the U.S. Uh, MCA, the U.S. Uh, Mexico Canada trade agreement. And uh, the the farmers in in my region were just really antsy to get that done because farmers rely so much on trade. So I asked her if she would sit down with some farmers uh, from the state of Illinois, and uh, uh, because they wanted to be heard, and she said absolutely. She didn't. She didn't once for once think, oh, you know, I'm a liberal from San Francisco. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> she sat down in this this room with uh, about ten farmers. It was an intimate group. She listened to them. She looked each of them in the eye, and um, and they what they wanted to send her away with the sense of urgency around getting this done. And it was only a matter of months later that we got it done. And she went back to Washington and was quoting the farmers 
saying how there had to be a sense of urgency around this, and we had to we had to do right by them. Um, so yeah, I, again, I have never seen her not hold her own in any meeting, and uh, you know that there's a lot to be said for a person who can do that. Well, so a tough act to follow here. I said earlier it's the worst kept secret in Washington that Hakeem Jeffries will be the next Democratic leader. Is that the way you see it? Um, you know, look, Hakeem is very well respected uh, and well liked. I just think the world of him. I'm a, I'm a fan of his. I think he's going to be outstanding. Well, it's a big day, Congresswoman, and I want to congratulate you as well on seeing the Speak Out Act passed. I know that was a follow-up to your own ending forced arbitration for a sexual assault act that, that gets to this issue of non-disclosure agreements. I'm sure that's something that you were glad to see here toward the end of this session. Uh, yeah, it's, it's monumental. It, it's been dubbed um, one of the most important uh, labor legislation, pieces of labor legislation this century. Uh, we passed the forced arbit- Ending Forced Arbitration Act. And uh, now we passed the elimination of non-disclosure agreements, and uh, that second part of it will be signed into law here very shortly. Well, we always enjoy the conversation, Congresswoman. I appreciate the time as ever. Representative Sherry Bustos, thanks for being back with us on Bloomberg. Thank you for everything. So it's on to rebuilding leadership. Majority Leader Steny Hoyer is also retiring from the leadership now, as we learned today. And we bring in someone who's been inside the family here inside the House Democratic leadership spent a number of years, in fact, I'm glad to say Joe Crowley is with us, a former congressman from New York who is chair of the Democratic caucus. Joe, thanks for coming back. I'm sure this is a big day for you as well to see the speaker uh, make this announcement. Uh, what's the motivation? And I know that you're going to tell me she loves serving the people, but why hang around after this? Isn't life going to be a little bit weird for everybody when, you know, you go from the head of the table to sitting with the plebes? Yeah, that, 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 that's a great question. Um, I, I really hadn't contemplated that in terms of that, because I think, you know, I, I do think she has a great deal to offer in terms of her experience. We know that this, these really are, these three, Hakeem Jeffries, Catherine Clark, and yeah. uh, Pete Aguilar, they're, they're very capable uh, people. Um, but I do think that she has something to offer. Uh, it, it may have to do with the fact that she was just reelected. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's not someone who wants to pull the wool over anyone's eyes, including her constituents. Maybe give those who might contemplate running an opportunity to uh, the field themselves, including our daughter Christine. So, I, I, who's also rumored to be interested in running for her seat. So, I really, I, I don't, I don't have a, a perfect answer for that. But uh, uh, why is Steny Hoyer staying uh, for the same reason? Maybe you know. Yeah. Right. So, is this the start of the Hakeem Jeffries era? I certainly hope so. I have been a big fan of Hakeem's. Uh, you know, when I when I left Congress, um, uh, he replaced me as the chair of the caucus, uh, and I, I was I, I oversaw that election. In mm-hmm. fact, that was one of the last uh, uh, official um, acts that I was part of, and I saw how he handled himself. He's a great orator. He has great skills. He's very smart, um, and. Uh, I think he knows how to build coalitions, and that's what's so critical about being in Congress. You have, you, no person can be an island in Congress. If you are, yeah. you'll never be successful. And Hakeem knows how to, knows how to, he's a legislator, but he's also a great pal. So what's life like when you're in the minority? Democrats have been used to running the show for yeah. a minute here. Do you become the opposition party just by the nature of it, or is the minority uh, so great, or I guess I should say the majority so slim here when you, when it comes to math that you're going to have Democrats and Republicans at the table. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, there's going to be opportunities, I think, for Democrats uh, to be a part of important decision-making because we still control the White House and certainly the Senate. 
Uh, and so I think the White House will be looking to Hakeem and his leadership to keep the, caucus, the Democratic caucus together uh, as best that can happen. Um, you know, it's not going to happen on every vote. Um, mm-hmm. But there may be opportunities as well that Republicans are going to need Democrats in the House to pass, um, you know, spending bills, for instance, the debt ceiling. Mm-hmm. If they're not able to do that before the new uh, Republican co- uh, conference takes control of the uh, speakership. Um, there may be other issues that come up as well that I think it's going to be so tight that McCarthy is going to need to, I think, turn to uh, Hakeem Jeffries of the House Democratic uh, Caucus for assistance in getting must-pass legislation done. Yeah, right. Well, it's been reported that uh, Congressman Jeffries is not a fan of this man, the man who would be Speaker. When you wake up tomorrow, we will be in the majority and Nancy Pelosi will be in the minority. That was Kevin McCarthy over a week ago. It took a lot longer than he thought it would uh, to get to this point, and his his caucus is going to be his membership a lot smaller than he anticipated. But these mm-hmm. two have not been friends, right? Is this going to be a confrontational relationship? Well, look, I think there's a big difference between running for office and running for speaker hmm. and running to win the majority and not. Uh, it's, only, it's only thing to actually to, to govern. And I think, uh, I think Hakeem's a big boy. Um, I think he will be cordial. I think he'll be professional. Hmm. Uh, they may not agree. They may not even like each other. But I don't think that's going to stop Hakeem. Uh, from doing what he thinks is the best interest uh, of the American people. And I think that is paramount there. I don't think Hakeem is not about himself. He never has been. He represents a, a, a largely minority African-American district in Brooklyn. Um, and I, I think that he is he, he's not selfish in any way, shape or form. Uh, and he will work in the best interest of the American people. There's something else, of course, uh, looming out there. And it's apparently a long list of investigations, uh, Congressman. Mm-hmm. This is James Comer, uh, the parent chair, imminent chair uh, in waiting here of the Oversight Committee, he held a news conference today with uh, some of his colleagues to give us a sense of what was coming. Committee Republicans have spoken with multiple whistleblowers from numerous schemes involving the Biden family, reviewed Hunter Biden's laptop, and received documents of previously, previously unknown transactions. What we found are business plans aimed at targets around the world based on influence peddling, including with people closely tied to foreign governments like China and Russia. Wow. So we're still doing Hunter Biden's laptop. All this has yet to transpire. How, how do you do business with the majority party that's pursuing all these leads in a potential impeachment hearing? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> how do you do that? I think if Republicans continue down this path, of, of, of a personal attack of the president. Listen, there was an open FBI and criminal investigation into Hunter Biden. That's already there. Uh, there's no need for the Congress to do that, but this is all showmanship. Uh, that's not to say that every person is perfect. Every family has had issues in their lives. Uh, and I think that that's, uh, you know, that's not new. I think if they're going to be successful, they need, the American people are tired of this. They, you know, they, they've demonstrated that in these elections. Uh, this is part of their. This is part of their election strategy. Strategy, and it didn't work. They didn't. They didn't win all those seats they said they were going to win. Hmm. So there really is nothing there compelling this to happen except pure uh, partisanship and the most basic, basic kind of that. Uh, I think the American people want to see that the members of Congress working together, working with the White House uh, on behalf of the American people, and and let, let the Justice Department do its work. Uh, that's not the work of Congress. Can anything get done, though, with this division that was clearly 
uh, surviving the midterm elections. This is the the lame duck might be more productive than the next two years, you think? Well, there, there are certain things that have to get done. And if they can't come to an agreement on the debt ceiling in the, in the lame duck, and it's, the talk is they won't be, may, may not be able to do that, yeah. they will have to pass a debt ceiling at some point. That That's has real consequences. Right. If they, yeah, if they fail to do it, it'll have real consequences. Um, there are going to be spending package bills that, have to, that will have to be done. Um, you know, so this is not somewhere where, you know, and I also I will, I will suggest that now they've taken control of the House representatives and they, they have responsibility for, for ruling and for governing. If they fail to meet that challenge, if they fail to meet those responsibilities, they will pay a price for that hmm. in 2024 at the polls. As Democrats did here, the perception uh, that they weren't doing enough, that we ended up did losing the House, but narrowly. Um, Republicans, it's it's no it'll be it's it's a divided government now. It's no it's no longer one government uh, one party rule all. And I think Republicans would pay a price if they don't accomplish something. Great insights from Joe Crowley. We always appreciate it. Former Congressman, Democratic Caucus Chair. He's been there and now he's watching this along with us. And great to have the insights here on Bloomberg Sound Off. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business, demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight, athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. For me, the hours come for a new generation to lead the Democratic caucus that I so deeply respect. And I'm grateful that so many are ready and willing to shoulder this awesome responsibility. And there it is. The door is opened for Hakeem Jeffries, Catherine Clark, Pete Aguilar, and company. We also have to add the panel. Let's assemble our signature panel back together tonight with Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano, Bloomberg Politics contributors. Jeannie, it's a big day for Democrats here. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries apparently is the leader in waiting. Is that how you also see it? 
It is. And and that would put two New Yorkers uh, in charge of the Democrats in the Senate and the House. And and it's hard to remember a time when that happened. I don't think it Mm. has happened in the past. But, you know, I think we should say Hakeem Jeffries has huge stilettos to fill. He is going to have big heels to fill. I would argue that Nancy Pelosi may go down as one of the most memorable speakers, one of the best speakers in American history. There's been very few who we remember. James Polk, because he became president, Henry Clay, Sam Rayburn. Hmm. Nancy Pelosi has broke the mold, not just with her gender, but with the way that she negotiated through a polarized Congress, almost evenly divided for two decades. And I think you can arguably say she's been one of the most effective. Even her opponents have to agree she is a formidable force. Rick, you uh, spent enough time on Capitol Hill to have encountered Nancy Pelosi. Can you imagine life without her? Uh, Can I imagine life without her? Uh, It's going to be different. Yes, I can imagine life without her. I mean, you know, look, I mean, when she was first speaker, you know, she had a 10 year period between then and when she became speaker, you know, four years ago. So um, she's 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 a survivor. Right. I mean, like that is an incredible, tenacious woman who can, you know, weather that amount of political time and still be as relevant 10 years later after being speaker first sure. uh, to to the term she's had now. So and I don't count her out as a you know force of nature within the Democratic Party. I mean, this gives her freedom. And uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what role she carves out from here. Well, yeah, I, I still can't quite figure out what that vision is, you know, for the next two years of walking in without the gavel without the big office. Why so controversial and or divisive among Republicans? Rick, what was it about Nancy Pelosi that drove Republicans crazy? Effectiveness. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we, we like ineffective Democratic speakers. Okay, got it. <laughs> and uh, and look, I mean, you have to have somebody to run against, right? In, in, in for a lot of the 20th century, it was Ted Kennedy. Now, it didn't mean Ted Kennedy was that great a senator. I mean, he was, but like he was a big name. And, and, and Republicans spent tens of billions of dollars, you know, saying, you know, we got to vote against the liberal Washington establishment that's run by Ted Kennedy. Well, the only other person who's really filled those shoes is Nancy Pelosi, where tens of billions of dollars has been spent in TV ads over her career, putting her as the most powerful Democrat to oppose in, in Washington, no matter what district you're in, what state you're from. And so, I know from just having been around the hoop a few times, that's a great honor for people like Nancy Pelosi and Ted Kennedy, right? I mean, like, you know, they see that as like, bring it on. Uh, If I'm going to be the subject of the Republican Party's attacks on government, uh, so be it. Let's let's go to war. I don't know what this new era with Kevin McCarthy holding the gavel will be like, Jeannie, but he he today uh, was was speaking with Fox. I think it was the Fox Business Channel. Uh, suggesting that Nancy Pelosi is resigning right now so she will not have to hand him the gavel should he become speaker. What do you make of that? Well, there's classy Kevin McCarthy again. You know, he doesn't go to her, her speech today, which was by any you know measure a, a moving moment and a bipartisan moment. You saw many Republicans there, including Steve Scalise. You know, when, when Steny Hoyer stepped down, she gave him a special office. We'll see if Kevin McCarthy does the same. I doubt it. Huh. Um, you know, and look at how Washington has changed since she's been there. As she said today, 12 women in the House. That's it, 12 when she came into office in 87, 90 plus today. It's still not enough. 
but it's getting there. And she has led that charge. And I would say we should all go back and watch that January 6th footage of her trying to maneuver through what was an attack on the Capitol and ensure that the electoral, electoral vote count c occurred. She, that's who she is. And so, you know, Kevin McCarthy can say she's frightened to turn over the gavel. We've never seen Nancy yeah. Pelosi frightened about anything. <laughs> Rick, the, uh, the call came last night. Republicans take the House. Uh, the statement from Nancy Pelosi's spokesperson came out uh, a very short time later. They were waiting for that moment. I just wonder how much it had to do with losing the majority uh, as opposed to the attack on her husband, Paul Pelosi, for really getting her to this point of saying, you know what, I'm done. Yeah, I wouldn't venture to guess. Um, uh, obviously, pretty horrific personal circumstances that she had to uh, go through at an incredibly difficult time right around elections. Uh, and so uh, I'm sure that everybody gives her a pass on uh, what her rationale is. But look, all things, uh, good things must come to an end. And, and she's had an incredible tenure. So I don't think anybody is going to second guess the motivation. Uh, and I would say uh, you know, she's going out at a time when she's kind of defied history, right? This election cycle, which she was responsible for. Um, you know, is going to be a, a probably a footnote in history that says at a time when the economy was so bad, hmm. the president was so unpopular, the Democratic Party in power uh, yeah. did not lose the historic number of seats that typically happens. And that's 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 going to be in the history books. More messaging from the incoming majority. I referenced James Comer earlier, the Hunter Biden laptop investigations brewing separately in another room uh, inside the House today. Marjorie Taylor Greene joined with a few colleagues. Matt Gates was there, the congressman from Florida, among others, to call for an end to funding for the war in Ukraine. Here in the news, we're just finding out about the situation with FTX and the cryptocurrency. So is American people's taxpayer dollars going to fund aid in Ukraine, but yet it's really funding something else that's happening, maybe ending up in Democrat donors' pockets? Was that helping Democrat campaigns? That's a long walk here, uh, Jeannie. But that that was the suggestion today that this was a money laundering operation without accountability for where the money is going. Matt Gates says he will not vote for one more dollar. Is this the beginning of a real debate or is this a fringe argument? You know, I, I didn't know if I could follow her better or Herschel Walker on the I'm vampires. Sorry to I, do it, that to it is very, very tough to follow that logic. And I think it is a sign of what's to come in a divided Washington with the Republicans in control of the House, yeah. at least this faction. It's going to be theater. And the idea that you would look at what happened in the Ukraine in the last 72 hours and come to the conclusion it's now time to cut funding, that's that's really hard if you're a Republican or a Democrat to wrap your head around. No, we're not done talking about this yet, I presume. Rick Davis, Jeannie Shanzano, stay with us. Our signature panel on the fastest hour in politics. More voices to add, including Jim Kessler. I always look forward to talking with the co-founder of Third Way, Democratic strategist, former longtime insider on Capitol Hill. This is Bloomberg. Question I have today about the U.S. Senate and specifically the Republican minority in the Senate is what happens if you try but you fail to kill the king? That's why we wanted to talk to Jim Kessler, in part, the co-founder of Third Way, Democratic strategist. He's been there, former legislative policy director for Senator Chuck Schumer, who's had a lot to smile about over the last week. Uh, it's great to have you back here, Jim. Uh, wouldn't want to be Rick Scott right now. First, you're responsible for achieving a majority in the Senate. Didn't make that happen. Then you challenge 
leader Mitch McConnell uh, for the leadership position and you lose. Is he on an island now for the next couple of years? It's an island called Chutzpah. I mean, how can you have, he runs the National Republican Senate Campaign Committee, really underperforms and then says, I want a promotion, I want to be leader of the party. You know, the, the reality of the Senate is that if you're the leader like Mitch McConnell, you can only isolate your foes within your party so much. You need their votes. So in the House, it's a lot easier to banish people who run against you. Mm. But in the Senate, you know, you need to unify the caucus all the time. So uh, I think Rick Scott and the nine or so who voted with him, you know, they have a future in the Senate under Mitch McConnell. McConnell will not be there forever. They'll survive. They'll yeah. get on. Okay. Uh Chuck Schumer, as I mentioned, seems to be a pretty happy guy. Can you explain to our listeners the difference between 50 and 51? Well, it's a huge difference. So one of the differences is on committees right now, when it's 50-50, the committees are divided completely even between the parties. When you're at 51, the Democrats can add another member in the party. The other is, you know, you can things like judges and legis um, and other places where the Senate acts alone. You don't need the House White House appointments. You can afford to lose one vote. So there was a situation where Neera Tandon was going to be, you know, appointed to a a position that needed Senate confirmation. Joe Manchin came out against her. Well, yeah. now you know, in this case, she would get confirmed. So it's a big difference. Pretty remarkable to consider uh, this based on the expectations that we had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Jim, we talked in advance of these midterms. How much credit uh, does Chuck Schumer take here, if any, in maintaining this majority? He deserves a lot of credit. And look, they had some risky strategies here. And one was they said, we're going to help Republicans nominate people who are outside of the mainstream. And that was a high risk, high rewards strategy because if they managed to, to win the general election, you'd have extremists in the Senate. It was very controversial. Mm -hmm. But in nearly all cases, those candidates lost and Democrats kept the majority. So it turned out to be a good bet. It's all on to Georgia now, of course, that will decide whether it's 50 or 51. Uh, I don't know if you have an opinion on how this goes or how Democrats, uh, since you are a Democratic strategist, might seize the moment here. But I've been listening, as many have, to Herschel Walker. And we've been familiar with Raphael Warnock. He's been an, he's the incumbent. He's been a senator for a couple of years here. We hear him speak a lot. Herschel Walker's uh, approach has been evolving. And I've been hearing some interesting things from him on the campaign trail. Listen to this uh, from a speech yesterday. I've gotten better because I've been to a hospital because today I can see the light. Before I was in the darkness, before I probably wouldn't be here because I can guarantee you one thing. If I'm not going to a hospital, I would have killed my wife. I can guarantee you I would have killed my wife. Now, I really, you know, he's talking about his rehabilitation, uh, but... There's been a great conversation about candidate quality here, Jim. Who's writing these speeches? Why? Well, I, I imagine he's going off on his own on these things. I mean, look, if you're going to bet on this, I would bet on Warnock and give the points 
here. Does he seize on this kind of stuff or just let Herschel Walker keep talking? I imagine they're going to seize on it um, and and run ads. Uh, Neither candidate will have a shortage of money on this. I mean, you talked about candidate quality. I've never seen a race, a midterm race in which candidate quality, there was such a difference between the two parties. And exhibit A is the Georgia race, like such a huge gap between Warnock and Walker. The fundamentals really benefit the Democrats here, particularly since control of the Senate is not at stake. So that could depress some vote on the Republican side. I, I think Warnock is in the driver's seat here. And He knows how to win runoffs. He's done it once before. (laughs) He's got experience. Jim, thank you for coming to see us. Jim Kessler, co-founder of Third Way. He spent time as legislative policy director for Senator Chuck Schumer. He's seen this movie before. Uh, But uh, the question is, have you seen the vampire movie? This happened, too, as Herschel Walker regales an outdoor crowd with his late-night TV viewing habits. The other night I was watching this movie. I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Freak Night, or some type of night, but it was about vampires. I don't yeah. know if you know vampires are cool people, are they not? But I'm going to tell you something that I found out. Okay. A werewolf can kill a vampire. Did you know that? Did not I know. never knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire anymore. I wanted to be a werewolf. But okay. then, anyway. Well, you know, who could blame him? This story went on for over two minutes, talking about being up at one o'clock in the morning watching a crazy vampire movie. And so I wouldn't want to make you sit through the whole thing. What was funny, these kids had a vampire in their attic at their house. So they were watching their TV. Now, I'm watching my TV. They're watching their TV. Or they see the vampire killer on their TV. So they win this contest to bring this actor. Now, y'all got to stay with me. Bring this actor who's a vampire killer from their TV to get rid of this real-life vampire in their attic. Whole thing, I look, I don't, I'm lost. But it does have to do with faith. As they jumped behind that hero, the guy jumped in front of him with this holy water, threw it on the vampire forehead. He covered his eyes. Then he took his hand away. He started laughing. And he said, that don't work. He took the cross, he put it on the vampire forehead. And the vampire yeah. didn't even do anything. He said, that I don't, don't know work. How to, apparently, that's the way it is. And this was like, Fright Night, right? This was the movie Fright Night. You guys remember this? Herschel Walker at 1 o'clock in the morning. What do you do with that on the campaign trail? We'll reassemble the panel next. Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services and claims, The Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. 
And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. The fastest hour in politics and gosh, I haven't even had a chance to get to Arizona yet. So much to talk about today in Washington as Nancy Pelosi says she's putting the gavel down. The Republican leadership comes together, Mitch McConnell in place, Kevin McCarthy in waiting. We have a better sense of things. And, you know, I thought the governor's race in Arizona had been called. I'm pretty sure it has. Told you about that. Katie Hobbs won it, the Democratic Secretary of State. But we heard from Carrie Lake last night. You know, we thought, well, geez, maybe there'd be a, a concession. And it's, it's one of these videos uh, with the blurry background. It's coming to you from heaven. And it opens up like a, hey, we're checking in on vacation, just want to make sure you're good, but it doesn't keep going. Hey, Arizona, Carrie Lake here. I wanted to reach out to you to let you know that I am still in this fight with you. For two years, I've been sounding the alarm about our broken election system here in Arizona. And this past week has confirmed everything we've been saying. When we called for Katie Hobbs to recuse herself over a year ago, they ridiculed us. It turns out we were right. The fox was guarding the hen house, and because of that, voters have been disenfranchised. Okay, so we're not conceding. We are fighting, though. Yes, she's she's lawyered up. Rest assured, I have assembled the best and brightest legal team, and we are exploring every avenue to correct the many wrongs that have been done this past week. I'm doing everything in my power to right these wrongs. My resolve to fight for you is higher than ever. I love broadcasters. It sounds like we're listening to an industrial documentary. Uh, Let's reassemble the panel. Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano back with us, as you would hope, in a moment like this. There's been a tough couple of weeks in Arizona, Rick, going back to before the election with, you know, armed, masked people stalking drop-off boxes. I guess we should not be surprised by this. A couple of days later, there had been no concession. What's this going to look like? over the next couple of months or years? Well, as you say, we shouldn't be surprised. In an interview prior to the election, uh, you know, the, the reporter asked Carrie Lake if she would accept the results of the election, and she says, if I win, I'll accept them. I mean, in essence, paraphrasing, but uh, that's exactly what she's doing. She's only going to accept the results if she wins. So, uh, you know, look, I mean, <laughs> she's going to do whatever she can do. Uh, she's going to hire lawyers. That's fine. You know, she won't be the first candidate in Arizona that ever hired a lawyer to do a recount or something yeah. like that. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because probably on Monday, the governor of Arizona, Republican, is going to certify the election. Mm-hmm. And and like Donald Trump's two-year war to try and decertify a presidential election, Carrie Lake can spin her wheels for years and, and, and have the same outcome, you know, that that Katie Hobbs won fair and square an election in Arizona, close but good, and and she'll be governor, and she'll get sworn in in early January, and, and there's, there's not a lot that can be done. Look, these were close elections. Even yeah. today, uh, the attorney general's race has flipped. 
it, it, it may or may not stay this way, but, you know, we got more ballots in from Arizona and they're happen to be heavily Republican. And that's an incredibly close race. And so the reality is so far, she's the only one that I've heard in Arizona claim, you know, malfeasance of any kind. Yeah, and yet right. she doesn't even lay out what that is. No, not so, in the video, at least. You know, good luck uh, uh, prosecuting your case, Gary. Lake. She says she's got the evidence. She did say that, Jeannie. Uh, and it was nice to listen to and nice to look at with the the foggy background of the whole thing. But just imagine if Mark Fincham had won. Uh, you know, things came actually pretty close to being a lot different in Arizona, didn't they? They did. And, and you got to give her credit for consistency. She's sticking to her guns so. here. She said she's not going to accept a loss, and here she's not. But the bad news for her is you had both the Democrat and Republican County Board of Supervisors in Maricopa County come out with a joint statement and say that we have the technology in place to catch any of these problems. And it was all it was all in place that day. So if on occasion you had a failure of technology, they have the backup. And so, you know, she is, you know, absolutely able to hire lawyers and to pursue this. But the reality is probably we're going to see a, the the election certified and a judge say that there's nothing here, here. And she's going to have to go back to Mar-a-Lago where she's been spending a lot of her last few days and enjoy right. the golf course. A judge or a judge is. Does this disqualify her somehow from being Donald Trump's running mate, Rick? Well, no, it, it may actually qualify her this, for this being Donald Trump's running mate All right. because she's doing exactly what he's doing, denying another election. And he seems to like that. In fact, she flew off to uh, Mar-a-Lago, as I understand, today yeah. to well, be with him and uh, and revel in their uh, anti-democracy uh, <laughs> points of view. <laughs> well, you know, uh, let's hear it for the pro-democracy uh, folks in Arizona. This has been a hell of a time for members of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, along with a lot of different uh, elections workers and volunteers. We spoke with Bill Gates here, who made it clear to us that that he's the chair of the the board. His family's been under threat. This is wild stuff. And so they had their first uh, meeting since the election uh, yesterday. This yeah, Wednesday, before the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors came about two dozen people uh, who spoke at this meeting, most of them just railing, screaming, and railing against the way the election was handled. Um, some of them got pretty wild. I don't know if you guys have seen this guy with the dreads. Uh, the, the board has to sit there, listen quietly, just listen to all of this. None louder or stranger than a man named Matt Baker, who screamed from the podium with a head full of dreadlocks, He's wearing a green T-shirt with a picture of the Statue of Liberty. And I want you to hold on to something if you're not sitting down. This is what it sounded like. And then you look into your own soul and you look back at yourself in the mirror and realize that you are the cancer that is tearing this nation apart. Wow. Good day. (laughs) Thank you. Our next speaker. Now, I love the calm reply. Thank you. And and Mr. Baker's uh, formality. Good day. He clearly watched Willy Wonka when he was a kid. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling, which now has to be washed and sterilized, so you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Just another day in the chocolate factory here when we're talking about politics in Arizona. I've got another puzzle for you. <laughs> listen to this all day. Uh, Rick, so how does it end? Uh, 
multiple court trials? What happens to all these people who are railing before the board of supervisors? They're not going away. I was hoping you'd go to Genie after that. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's a lot more stable than you've just represented. I mean, you know, these guys are all showing up at a public hearing and, and, and making their voices known. That's democracy in its purest form. Well, um, it sure is. But look, as I said, I mean, the election is going to be certified next week and this is over. And and once you have a certified election, the the transition begins and people start to move toward the next administration. And Nobody, nobody's going to look back. They, there's not going to be a, a uh, tear drawn for those people who are whining and crying about losing a perfectly good election. So, um, look, sore losers uh, are uh, uh, well known uh, throughout history, and it's just unfortunate that in Arizona we're still talking about a sore loser today. Yeah. She did call out Katie Hobbs. What was it, the Smokey in the Hen House or something like that? Because she's Secretary of State, Jeannie. How does Katie Hobbs get over this as a brand-new governor? Katie Hobbs just focuses on getting into office and her next role as governor of Arizona. And I could listen to the Oompa Loompas all day long. And Matt Baker, bless his heart, there's another statement he says in there. He says, heavens no, for that would make me a terrorist, wouldn't it? I mean, the the whole thing is, is, is wonderful. And it is a democracy at work. And, you know, I'll give him this. He showed up and, you know, one of what, only a couple dozen and, and good for him more people should show up at these hearings and good for the board for holding their cool and being so professional about it they have to have you know a number of these hearings this isn't going to end does this actually get to be a security risk rick or is it in fact glorious democracy well we we do worry about the security as you pointed out um uh, there have been threats against uh, poll workers and election officials um we've seen uh assassination attempts in arizona against members of congress uh, look, it, it's something we have to continue to have a dialogue. We talked a lot about that going into this election, about the violence, political violence that seems to be grabbing our nation. And we need to continue to have that conversation because it has to be unacceptable. How do you continue that conversation uh, with election deniers, Jeannie? I realize that, that this was a rebuke for election deniers on election night a week and change ago. Uh, but there are still uh, millions of people who are following Donald Trump and are following Carrie Lake. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I, I think, you know, the way that you do that is you keep speaking about the truth. You allow them to make these legal challenges and you allow them to lose at every turn. And hopefully they get tired of losing and they look to go to the ballot box and win. Because, quite frankly, there's been very little evidence legally that these elections have been unsafe or that they have been, you know, somehow um, corrupted or corruptible. And so mm-hmm. you just got to keep doing it that way. And it's a hard argument to make to people but the process itself is you know it should be fairly clear and you look at the maricopa board of supervisors and they're doing a very good job and they're bipartisan we need to get bill gates back on the program and check in with him uh rick davis and Jeannie shanzano thank you as always the best panel in the business our signature panel in fact here on the fastest hour in politics. What in the world will happen tomorrow? I mean, we ask ourselves this every day when we wake up in Washington. What will it be today? What did I miss while I was sleeping? This is the program that will tell you that every day. And if you showed up late, subscribe to the podcast. Sound on wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to all of our guests. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. 
It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.